everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene, everybody. We are so glad to have you joining us. And Brittany and I are just coming off of our annual Bulletproof Summit uh, last weekend in Nashville, which was so much fun. It was really awesome to see um, a lot of you were there. Um, In fact, I... (laughs) I walked by one of our attendees. I was on my way to the restroom and she had her earbuds in and I said, hi, and she took it out for a minute. And she was like, I'm listening to your podcast right now. (laughs) Brownie points, definitely a bonus. Yes, brownie points. No, I thought that was awesome, but um, it was fun. It was a great vibe. It was just everything that I love about why we do this as far as just collaboration and getting to connect with other hygienists and talk about, you know, what's, what's really going on and how we make it better and where we're doing great and where we need support. And, um, it was just fun. It was a really good group of growth minded people that really want to do the best job. And I just, I thought it was a blast. I did too. It was honestly really refreshing to get around so many people who like want to take this thing to the next level. And even hearing like some of the feedback, like this is what we needed to go there and to be able to collectively as a practice, like see what we can do. What are the next most reasonable and implementable next steps, you know, that we can take as an office, like in team fashion to get us where we want to go. And it was just really cool to hear people's summaries of what they learned and the, and the, the tidbits and the, the readily implementable steps. Like that's yeah. what I think about our summit is like, we, we give people like some long-term aspirations, but some short-term, like really realistic things to start putting into practice come Monday morning. And I think that's what we heard a lot of. Yeah. And it's been, we've had some great feedback afterwards on the mighty network of, of things that people have already started implementing. And it's just, oh, it's wow. fun. It's super fun. Um, so obviously if you weren't there, um, you need to start, uh, planning for next year. Um, you don't want to miss it. We promise we should, uh, be rolling out some dates for that in the next few weeks. So be listening out for that and definitely plan on marking off your calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously at the summit, we talked about a lot, like Brittany said, a lot of actionable steps, a lot of strategies for elevating patient care for building team and practice, for obviously doing more with less, managing our time well, educating well. I mean, we really talked about so, so much. Um, And I feel like so many times uh, we, when we focus on getting better at our craft, we focus on our weaknesses and how we can improve them. Um, And I'll say, I think, especially for those of us perfectionists uh, who want to get it all right and be good at everything. Um, And I think it's super wise to identify where we're weak. I think that's important um, because the reality is we are not good at everything. I'm going to say that again for those of you in the back of the room. We are not good at everything and we can always improve. 
I'd like to argue that we will never be great at all the things. We're never going to arrive. And I think that's part of the beauty of it. We're all wired differently with different gifts and talents. And that's what makes the world go round. If we were all good at everything, we would not need each other. And I really, truly think the beauty of life and relationships is getting to lean in and lean on each other and learn from each other and support one another. So I, I just want to, I know we know this kind of at our core, but I don't think we focus on it. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about what we're not great at and feeling bad about that. And I don't think that's what this is supposed to be. I think what we should do is dig in where we're strong and really build those and, and learn from where we're weak and, and improve that. But we're never going to get to the point where we're really great at everything. And I just think that we have to accept that before we kind of move forward on this thought process. So hear me say, obviously, that I think there's a lot of value in assessing where you are weak and working to grow in those areas. I think that's important. And that's what we call a growth mindset. And we talked about that at our summit. So knowing we can grow and improve and working toward things that we're not great at. And I feel like there's such a sense of accomplishment when we grow through the hard, when we fight through the uncomfortable and when we stretch ourselves. And we should do that regularly. That is life. If we're not growing, we're dying. So I think we should always be stretching ourselves. But today I want to challenge the paradigm a little bit of the strength versus weaknesses and argue that really digging into and fostering our strengths is where the magic happens. I personally believe that our strengths, those things that we are naturally good at and wired for are our God-given gifts that make each of us unique and beautiful. And there's a reason that you're ridiculously good at something. It is a gift you were given to share with the world and make it a better place. And I honestly feel like when we grow in and capitalize on our strengths, we gain more confidence to face and cultivate the weaknesses because we've gained confidence in who we are. I believe that when we operate more out of our natural strengths, we feel more fulfilled and passionate about what we are doing. Like, have you ever met those people who are just like radiating light and joy and excitement and those people that just kind of really shine at what they're doing, I feel like those are the people who are doing their thing really well. And I just recently saw um, on social media, there was a school, high school janitor who just shined at his job. Like, and, and I think a lot of times we in our brain build this up as like the, the people with the greatest strengths are like the most powerful, doing the most meaningful things, doing, you know, these really big tasks. And I was just impacted by watching this. This was a school janitor who, you know, that's a job we don't think, oh, wow, that's like what I'm aspiring to be. But this guy was rocking what he was doing because this is what he was meant to do. And all of the students and teachers were raving about him. And just he was such an encouragement to everyone around him um, that they actually went in together and chipped in and raised money to buy him a car because he was walking like several miles a day to and from work to do the job that he loved. So they were giving back and they bought him a car, but I just thought, gosh, that's really, really cool that we can all shine respectively where we are meant to be, but the magic is where are you meant to be? So, all right, Sharisa, where are you going with this? Are you telling me that if I'm not super passionate about sterilization or treatment planning or placing sealants that I should get out of hygiene? No, not at all. Where I'm going is I really want to try to help you as a listener to identify your specific talents, to marry them to passion, 
and then take action to help you be your best self, which means that your team, your patients, and your practice get the best version of you. When you're not, when you are, sorry, when you're not uh, dragging yourself up to get up, to get up in the morning. And I don't know if, uh, and I know I'm old here, but they used to have this old Dunkin' Donuts commercial that the guy would drag himself out of bed and go in in the morning. And he like, it was like the time to make the donuts concept. And if you're not crawling out the door at the end of the afternoon, just dying to get to the weekend, then you know, then you know you're in the right place. If you're in that, those mentalities, that is not where fulfillment happens. And Bulletproof Hygiene exists to help us all find and embrace fulfillment on the daily. Because in a healthcare industry, our patients cannot afford for us to be complacent or just in it for the paycheck. So back to our strengths. First, I think it's important to identify your strengths. And honestly, I think this is a process. I think it starts with looking at your talents and talents are those things that you have a natural aptitude for. It either comes naturally to you or you learn it quickly without much effort. Then you marry that talent to a passion, which is something you care about and are dedicated to for the long haul. And once you've done that, you then take action, which is the way you use your talent and passion, the way you use your talent to pursue your passion. Because let's be honest. Having a strength you don't use is a waste that deprives the world around you. When you find your strengths, you know it. You're both incredibly good at it and you love doing it so much that you could do it forever without much effort. A strength isn't a chore. It's something you were born to do. And I want to argue for just a second that it does need to be balanced because we can easily get overcommitted. I think we're all really good at that these days and really wear ourselves out. But we're when we're living in a healthy, balanced life, we can thrive. This point's very important to remember in hygiene because we all know how easy it is to burn out and get overwhelmed and do too much. Yeah. So going back to our formula, how do I or how can you identify my natural talents and leanings? So I think at this point, it's important to think back to childhood and kind of, I think sometimes you make this question a lot more complex than it has to be. Like, I remember when I was younger thinking of like, what's my purpose in life, thinking that I had to go like look elsewhere for my purpose. Like it wasn't just within me and right in front of me. So I think that sometimes you make this more complicated than it actually is. So think back to childhood. What did you naturally gravitate toward? What could you spend hours doing? What lit you up and felt easy? What did you love? Did you love to write stories? Did you love to build forts? Um, you know, play school where you were the teacher? Were you naturally creative or more inclined to physical activity or more interested in science experiments or reading, for instance? Um, what did you dream about doing or being? Spend some time reminiscing back to what came easy and what was exciting to you. And I think that this is where some like journaling could be helpful or even like looking back at childhood photographs of like, you know, were you in sports? Did you play baseball? Um, what did you enjoy doing? Were you fishing? Were you uh, with your friends? Were you, you know, playing dress up? What were you doing like as a child? And like, maybe just kind of reconnect to your origins almost, you know, like who are you naturally as a person? I think that sometimes in adulthood, it's easy to move pretty far away from 
who we naturally are because of all the responsibilities and things that we have to take on when we're quote unquote adulting, you know, but I think that the person that we were is always there and needs our attention, you know, like it's that child thing that some people talk about. It's like your inner child doesn't like go away. You don't like up and, and become this different person. Like that's still there, you know, that creativity and that passion and that the dreams and aspirations, if we let ourselves kind of like come back into contact with that, you know, it's Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes too, like, and, and I don't think this is a negative thing per se. I, I don't think it's a purposeful negative thing, but I think sometimes the adults in our lives might have uh, kind of detoured us to other arenas only because in their brine, you know, in their mind, they wanted us to have a, you know, a good, safe, profitable life. And, you know, us building forts for a living didn't seem like probably the best long-term um, to, you know, get us where they hoped and dreamed we would be. So I do, I think it's important to reconnect. And I will say, this is really funny. Uh, as we were preparing for this podcast the other night, I was doing some of my own self-reflection and it was so funny because I was literally just sitting on the couch, staring off into space. My husband walked by, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, what's happening? I was like, I'm thinking through this and I had forgotten how much I used to do this. So there were two things I did a lot as a kid. Um, We, I grew up military, so we moved all the time. And so I kind of struggled with the ebb and flow of like, you know, we'd move somewhere new and I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was alone a lot until I met friends. And then I was constantly living outside, playing outside, playing with friends. So there were kind of two different things I would do. One was if I was playing with friends, so many times we would play like school and I was always the teacher. I always wanted to be the teacher where I was, you know, teaching and leading and guiding. And I, I, I know for me, that is a very natural lean and bend. And I, I know that's how I'm wired. Um, But the other thing, and this was the part that I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm a weirdo. I did this all the time is I would have pretend conversations when I was alone and and didn't have anybody else around um, where I was, it was typically in my brain. I was in like a medical setting and I was helping people. I was like pretending I was taking phone calls and making appointments or giving instructions with what to do for next steps or Um, you know, how I could help them and what they needed to know. And I did this, like I was cracking myself up because I had forgotten so much of this, but I did this all the time. So it's really funny that when you do kind of reconnect with that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm doing now. And I love it. That is what lights me up is getting to help instruct people and connect with people and give them, you know, ideas and next steps. And so it was just really funny to dig in and think about that because I had really let that go. Oh, how I wish that smartphones were a thing when you were growing up and we had some video footage of Sharifa just giving instructions to her dolls and I would love to. Yep. No, it wasn't even dolls. It was imaginary conversations. I would pretend that I was sitting at a desk or something and there was somebody. Yeah, I I probably need some therapy, but. No, oh my gosh, don't put shame around that. That's such like a natural child thing and it's such like a indicator of what exactly what we're talking about yeah no it was a total aha moment for me as I was sitting there thinking about like oh my gosh and it was it's honestly it's cool to be like the that I'm doing now what I used to pretend all the time so yeah that's amazing amazing so once you've taken a trip down memory lane like Sharissa just did now ask yourself what am I good at so in addition to what do I naturally gravitate toward you know what am I good at what skills have I honed 
What specialty training have I received? What skills have I acquired in my current position or circumstances? And we encourage you to make a list and for each thing you write down, kind of ask yourself how you feel when you're using this skill. So one thing that's really difficult for me, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, but it's not, it actually makes life pretty confusing, is like, I believe that if I can, this sound, this is going to sound weird, but this is like a thought that I've had since I was young. If I can imitate someone, I can pretty much be good at anything. Like if, if I can, you know, there's a recipe for success in almost anything. So I feel like if I try something, I can learn to be good at it, which is great because that's growth mindset. But what becomes really tricky for me is like, I feel like I and most people can be good at a lot of things and even things that I'm not necessarily really passionate about and I don't really like, but I can be good at it. You know, right. I, I can muscle through it and I can, I can do it. I can be successful at it. And a lot of people can, but that makes it a little more difficult to kind of like narrow this down. So I think it's like looking at what we're good at and how we feel when we're using that skill. So that's an important detail. Like, so does it light me up? Do I love doing it? If it's a yes, then that's likely a strength. And then if you ask yourself, you know, does it bore me or does it feel like a chore? It's likely not a, a strength. Like you might be good at it, but maybe it isn't something that you pursue more of, right? So by the way, a skill that's not a strength is still useful and necessary, especially in hygiene. Um, we have so many aspects in our profession that we have to do uh, and a lot of things that aren't necessarily our passion, you know, but are imperative to our day and that's okay. I want us to focus in on the things that we do get to do within our practice walls that light us up. So if you're doing this exercise and you're not feeling super inspired or not filling your, your list sheet with skills, ask around, ask your family, friends, and coworkers. That's the next step that you can take to try and get to the bottom of like, what are my skills? What, what, where should I go from here? Um, <clears throat> you know, and you can say to them, I'm trying to do some strength work and would love some feedback what would you come to me for advice about? That's a great question to ask. You know, what would you ask me to advise you? What do you, because that tells you what someone considers you to be almost like an authority in that, that arena. Um, where do you see me shine? What seems to come easily to me? And I think that that external perspective is important. So like at the summit, so interesting how many people said to me, wow, you're really passionate about this. Wow, you really love being here, speaking and connecting with people. Wow, you really love this. And they could like see it more than I even could, you know, because I really, I know that I really enjoy the summit, uh, the summit environment, you know, and that event generally, even though it's very challenging. And you and I do a lot of prep work behind the scenes. We do months and months of preparing our presentations and the uh, the handbook, the field manual that we that we give to everyone, and just there's so much thought and intention and time and energy and effort that goes into it. So that's like all the behind the scenes stuff. But then at the actual event, it's just like I feel like I'm in my zone. I'm in my. I think you feel the same way. Like it's just that magic of like connecting with others, connecting all the dots of what we do every day, and then like like. Uh, uh, externalizing all of it and sharing yeah. and watching the compounding impact and value is just like so inspiring. And like, when people point that out to me, it's a different thing than like me just thinking, oh, wow, this is fun. You know, it doesn't really yeah. occur to me like, wow, this is really a passion of mine. This is something that I think I'm really good at, you know, and other people are like, wow, you're, 
you're crushing it. Clearly you love this. This is your zone. And I'm like, wow, that's great intel. And sometimes it's, it's the, the most empowering and impactful thing to hear it come from that outside perspective. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. And it's funny because there's been many times where I'm talking to my husband, we're at dinner or whatever, and I'm talking about something new that I learned about like the oral systemic link or a conversation I had with my patient that day that I got to lead them closer to health and that, you know, they've made this decision for themselves. And, you know, it's so funny because I'll talk about it. And to me, I'm just talking about, you know, what happened. And he, there's so many times that he's like, Teresa, I wish you could watch yourself when you talk about this stuff. Cause it's like, you light up your eyes, get big and you're, you know, you get a smile on your face. He's like, you can tell that you're just like really passionate about it. And this is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just like you said, like internally, you're like, yeah, I like this. This is good. But when somebody else kind of points it out, you're like, oh, okay. Like, because they yeah. see it kind of radiating from you. Um, and I just, I think that's really important. So I'm going to take the opportunity to do that to one of my dearly, dearly loved friends, um, right now. So Brittany, I just think I've said in the past, like when we first kind of started Bulletproof Hygiene and we were kind of putting our different gifts and talents and passions together, you are so strong. One of your strengths for sure is the business aspect of Mm -hmm. hygiene And you really do have a passion. You have great knowledge. You've done a lot of work on it. You've learned a lot. Um, You've been through business programs. You really understand it in a way that I didn't at first. And honestly, I think I've said this before in previous podcasts. At first, I was like, why do we need to know this? Like, this, this doesn't matter. And now I get it. And honestly, it's because of your passion and your strength in it. You have been able to engage me in such a way that I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this makes total sense. Like we have to know this, we have to focus on this and it's made me excited about it. So um, I just, I wanted to say that like you are super strong in that. And I know that you probably know that but sometimes hearing it from others and it, and then it kind of is a catalyst to be like, okay, what else can I do with this? How more, how much more can I grow this? And I just think this is what life should be is where we're building up each other's strengths and passions because that's what is gonna catapult us forward. Thank you so much for that. Like I just sat here and received all of that. And I, you can't tell because I think the ring light is washing me out, but I'm pushing so hard. <laughs> like a cherry tomato. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was yes, so kind of, of you. I really appreciate it. And it, what's so interesting is you and I, I think, are yin and yang in our summit presentation. I just think of how you do with the oral systemic because that's what you're so passionate about. And it's not like I don't understand right. all things or I don't practice and implement, but but it is your zone and you love it and you are so into it. Like, so you did that whole presentation because that's your strength. That is your like, you enjoy it so much. You know, I don't, I don't need to step in and, and do that. You know, I enjoy it too, but like that is your thing. And then like I did more of the courses that were like. Yep oriented and uh hygiene organization like the big picture projects and like creating something like the the global view you know and then all the little parts and pieces that go into globally making a hygiene department run and like I think that's why we work so well together is because we have similar but different strengths and interests you know and just I, I it's just interesting how as we are like doing this podcast, how I'm seeing all the ways that this is so real in our lives and how applicable it really is for everyone. Yeah. And, and I want this to be for our listeners. I want you to start thinking through this, like within your practice, because this is what a practice should look like. Every team member has different strengths 
And if we'll really hone in and focus on those, we can build a really strong, functional, healthy practice that we love to go to and that we feel fulfilled by. So yeah, it's fun. Like as we're doing this podcast, like coming more to this reality, and I hope that this just spreads further. So if you want to dig even deeper than we're doing right now, you can check out StrengthsFinder 2.0, which is an online paid service tool that we referenced in our book to really get into it and dig deep. Next, we want you to consider the challenges that you've overcome. This is important because we know that strengths come from exercising our muscles and breaking through barriers. I think that often we get annoyed by challenges or roadblocks, the hard days, but the reality is that if we take a growth-minded perspective or look through those lenses, we can see challenges as being there to make us stronger even to prepare us for the work that we're quote unquote meant to do or, or just the next right thing, the next thing that we're doing in life. Yeah. And I think I have a, I have a, I was, again, I was thinking through this. I remember when I was a newer, fresher hygienist, I was a couple of years out of school and I had a patient who um, needed scaling and root planing. And I was very, very still kind of stuck in my, this is expensive mentality. And I was I was overwhelmed at the cost of his scaling and root planing. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous to present that to him. And I, in my uncertainty and nervousness, I made a mistake and did not um, estimate insurance properly. So what I quoted him was not correct. And when it all, you know, we did the services and when insurance came back, there was a big differential that I had done wrong. And I, it was just such an uncomfortable thing for me, like the whole thing, like I didn't want to present in the first place and then I did it wrong and then I was embarrassed. And then now, you know, there was a big differential that he said, I, you guys told me it was going to be this. I'm not, you know, I'm not paying that. And so the practice had to eat that. And it just, it, the whole thing felt so uncomfortable to me, but it was a huge learning experience. Like it was one of those big roadblocks and challenges and it felt really awkward, but it helped me for set my, set me up for success for all these future years to really understand that that's really important. I have to understand that very well. And mm -hmm. it, it made me say, okay, I have to sit down with my insurance coordinator and really make sure I understand what I'm doing here and how this works. And I, and it really empowered me and brought some growth in being able to talk to patients a little more about it because I never wanted to be in that position again. I didn't want a patient to be angry about it. I didn't want the practice to, to lose. I didn't want to be embarrassed. So it was one of those things that like it sucked in the middle of it and I didn't like it at all. But on the flip side, it really did bring some growth and brought me some confidence in the future to be able to have those conversations better, because that was one of those skills that, as you know, we need every single day. So I think it's just, especially for any of our newer hygienists listening, like, don't be afraid of those challenges. Don't be afraid of those hard days or those hard moments. Like, yes, it's awful in the middle of it, but if you'll, if you'll do it right and you'll just suck it up and be like, okay, what can I do better for next time? You'll really bring the growth and that brings more confidence for the future. So I just have to interject here because I have to say that mistake that like you remember as such like a sore thumb and sticks out to you so much still happens to me to this day. <laughs> I would just like to say that in my practice, like I, I have accepted, I had to accept a long time ago that one, I am not a treatment plan coordinator. I do a lot of treatment planning and presenting chair side and discussion about finances. However, that's not my specialty or my primary role at the end of the day. So whenever I'm giving someone 
an insurance estimate, I tell them this is an estimate and your insurance, like I have no control over whether or not they choose to cover the service or not. They play by their own rules and each insurance company is completely different. And then if that person came in, you know, upset, like I would at least have the confidence to say, I, you know, I did tell you this was an estimate and my, my intention was clearly not to trick you or fool you or, you know, do anything underhanded. It was really just, this is my best estimate given the information that I have from your insurance company, you know? So I think there's a particular way to have those conversations and set yourself up for success. Should the insurance company deny the service or for whatever reason, give you, you know, pushback of any kind. So that's a great example of something that is same stuff, different day, and then learn to kind of like manage that situation. Yep. It is a, a recurring issue, right? Yes. I totally understand how that would have been because that's how I felt at the beginning of my practice when people were like, you didn't tell me that it would be 50 extra dollars. And I'm like, no, but I didn't know. Like, I'm, I just am not a pro at this, you know, I'm still learning. And it was such a, a pain point and such a, an uncomfortable place to be. But I think that some of it is learning to be more proficient. Some of it is learning to delegate, like we're talking about today, like that's not my strength. It's not my primary role. So I delegate whenever I can to someone whose primary role it is and who is a professional at, at insurance and questions regarding insurance. Um, and also just telling the patient, like this is an estimate and just giving them realistic expectations about how insurance companies work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think um, asking ourselves these questions, what challenges have you overcome in your life? What did the experience teach you? What did you learn from that? And what skills or habits did you develop to overcome it? Such a great question because sometimes we don't, you know, we do develop new habits and skills sometimes when we're forced to, like when we have to solve a problem, right? We learn, we learn different skills. So this is really valuable information to consider because it shows you what you're capable of. And again, it builds that confidence and brings future empowerment. So we prove to ourselves that we can do hard things. And speaking of hard things, I think it is time for us to apply these concepts to hygiene. Absolutely. So what aspects of hygiene are you really good at and light you up? What feels natural and easy? What flows well? What have you been through in your career that has brought growth, strength, and confidence? And, you know, I, I've talked a lot about my story at the beginning of practice, but I kind of want to like reflect on that for a moment because I had a lot of, you know, what I consider to be very common issues where I, I got, you know, pushback from dentists about recommending the appropriate treatment according to um, AAP and the ADA, you know, diagnostic standards, you know, about recommending non-surgical periotherapy or periotrazer or restin or whatever, and just doing my assessment and, and proper diagnostics, coming to a conclusion and a dental hygiene diagnosis, collaborating with the dentist on that, and then getting pushback regarding, no, Miss Jones can't do that scaling because she needs a crown and her insurance is only going to cover one or the other. And then, you know, my other practice where, you know, at the beginning of my career, I, I got a full-time position. And when I accepted the position, long story short was that there, you know, they hadn't been updating medical histories for many, many years. No one had a perio chart. No one had ever been perio charted in the office. Um, there was, you know, in my opinion, just gross underdiagnosis of perio conditions and diseases. So when I took that job and realized what I was stepping into, I had a choice to make. And I chose to kind of take a risk and say, hey, I'm going to do what's best for my patients and I'm going to educate them and then see if I can get the, the doctor to back me, basically, because I, I knew 
what the gold standard and treatment standards are, you know? Um, and I wasn't going to compromise my own values and standards. And I was being paid hourly. I wasn't paid based on collections or, you know, how I'm compensated now. It was really from a place of this is ethically what I went to school for. This is how healthcare works in dental hygiene, you know, and just having a, a thorough understanding of that and where I stood and then kind of taking that risk, starting to take new medical histories for everyone, doing my own perio charts for everyone, educating them according to what I was finding, and then collaborating with the dentist to, to try and get them to yes. Those were experiences that were really hard. And I, has, I had to dig deep and ask myself some really hard questions, like things I didn't know that I would have to question when I graduated. Like, what, what, are, what are my values here? Am I going to stick with these ethical principles when it doesn't really seem like it seems like there are a lot of places I could go where no one is holding me to this standard, but I'm holding myself to this standard. And, and is that, do I want to hold myself to what seemed like an impossibly high standard? Because I kept encountering these dental offices that were like, no perio charts, no, no this, no that. And I was just like, what are we as an industry doing? And is this acceptable or not? You know, because there's always... There was that self-doubt, I think, when I graduated of like, wow, I'm the new grad. I don't know anything. So am I going to really trust my instincts and my values here? Am I going to trust the pros who've been doing this for 20 and 30 years and are just doing it differently? They're doing it the quote unquote real world style, you know? And so to just kind of struggle with that and come to certain conclusions and realize what my values and my standards and my ethical principles were and the fact that I wouldn't compromise was an important learning indicator for me, you know? It was, it was it's a really important learning experience for me. Well, and I would say too, um, and you know, I would hope this would be the same for everyone, but I know it's not always. Um, I think for you that one of your strengths is being ethical and not being willing to compromise who you are and, and what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is a, that's a really good example of building that strength of, you know, you went through the hard, you decided, you know, up against the wall, you were still going to do what you knew to be right. And as you did that, you, you know, that brought you a lot more confidence and ability to be who you are today mm -hmm. and to continue to not compromise and to always seek out the best and, and do the best. So I think that's a beautiful example of that. Thank you. Thank you. So are there ways to do more of those aspects that we love and lean on our team for what they're great at? And is there, you know, a, a kind of streamlined way to figure out what that looks like? And Sharissa uh, and I, our practices have implemented culture index. It's a type of survey that helps us to make sure we're sitting in the right seat and doing the right tasks and playing to our strengths, basically. So I uh, and, and our COO, Erica, went to a two-day culture index training, and it was so insightful. It is, it's a very simplified, complex, and detailed, I wouldn't even say it's personality assessment. It's like a strengths, personality, energy, like it's just very, it's very comprehensive, a very comprehensive assessment. So for instance, on this, um, on a culture index survey, you get a diagram at the top and a diagram at the bottom. And the top diagram shows us who we are at our core and that doesn't change. So the bottom survey or the bottom um, diagram shows us who we are at work and how we're operating at work and, and does it align with the top survey, which is naturally who we are and what our strengths are. So there's, a, uh, there's an autonomy component. So autonomy, you can have higher autonomy, meaning you like making decisions yourself, 
uh, you're kind of like more vision oriented. You tend to be more big picture. You go getter, um, which without things like high detail can be detrimental or it can be a good thing. And for most people, like all of these traits, whether it's high or low, they're good and bad, right? There are pros and cons to having high or autonomy. Like, so lower autonomy um, is like someone who likes making group decisions. So it doesn't mean that they can't make a decision themselves. It's just, they like making decisions in groups. They like bouncing ideas off of each other. They may have, they may or may not have higher detail. You know, maybe they're, um, it's just, it's just so interesting. I wish that I could go through a whole breakdown of like one of these surveys, but it would take an entire episode, I think, but that sounds like a future episode. I know, I know it could be. So the next component is social abilities. So are you an introvert or extrovert? Um, the third part is your pace. So are you faster paced, uh, which means you tend to be less patient or are you slower paced, which means you tend to be more patient, more methodical, but clearly there are pros and cons to being slower or faster. And then there's detail. So are you higher or lower detail? And then there's also energy units. So naturally, what is your mental stamina level? It doesn't have to do with IQ or how smart someone is. Um, it's just what can you do mentally and how comfortable are you operating outside of your natural strengths and for how long? That's kind of what that gives us insight into. So really, really interesting uh, survey. And there's also, what's the other components? Um, so there's ingenuity. So kind of like, it's kind of like creativity, but it's kind of like how willing and able you are to naturally think outside the box. And then there's logic, which is, do you think and make decisions more emotionally or more based on data? So for me, I'm very emotional. I'm an L of one, which, which means that I, I feel things, you know, I feel people, I feel situations, I feel energy, I feel, you know, I often say, I feel like this is the right choice instead of like, I think this is, so I've had to practice, you know, implementing, like, what does the data say? What are the facts in the situation? And then learning to kind of like, really take those into consideration and, and bounce, you know, maybe my thought of a situation off of other people to get a more realistic or balanced view of what's going on, you know? Um, I'm lower autonomy, so slightly low autonomy. I like making decisions in groups. Um, I'm high social. I'm low patience. I'm very fast paced and I'm very high detail. So knowing that about myself helps us in our practice to put me in the best seat, you know? So, uh, so most likely, you know, hygienist isn't going to change. I'm going to be a hygienist, but am I a hygienist? Who's also going to do, um, treatment plan presentations? Like, do I want a day of something else? Do I want to, you know, ex explore different strengths? So it's so interesting how specific, the survey is in helping us to find where we fit best. And for a lot of people, I think that can feel scary of like, am I not going to be in my position? But what is great about it is you could be in a position that suits you so much better. Right. And then that, that's, that's happened in our practice where we did, you know, everybody took the survey and we actually moved a couple of people around. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this obviously wasn't hygienist because that, that, Typically, you're going to do hygiene, but um, we had somebody who was a treatment coordinator that we moved to insurance coordinator, mm -hmm. um, and she was so much happier. Um, and it, it is, it's just really interesting. And, and, you know, that's the point of this. This whole conversation is where are we strong and using that to the benefit of the, the practice and the patient. So 
you know, maybe you're a hygienist who's really strong in organization, like that's your thing and you're really great at it. So maybe you're the one who manages all, you know, the ordering of supplies and keeping everything in order and, you know, keeping inventory and all of that. You know, maybe you like managing sterilization because you're organized. You know, maybe you're, I, for me, I'll say I have the gift of because I, I get to do assisted hygiene. And part of that is because I, my thing is connecting with patients and educating them, really helping them understand you know, how their mouth, mouth is impacting their bodies and being able to spend the time to do that is where I thrive. So working with an assistant allows her to do kind of the superfluous things of, you know, seating the patient and taking their blood pressure and taking the x-rays and, you know, bring the doctor in for the exam. And it really helps me hone in on what I love to do and what I feel like I do best. So it's, you know, when we can step back and really take the assessment of where do I thrive, then then we can kind of put everybody in the best seats and give everybody the best tasks so that everything is working as awesome as possible. And I think, you know, when we know what those strengths are, and so like I said, for example, mine, I feel like is communication, right? So I love to connect with other people. So the point of this podcast is identify those things and then grow those things. So I'm currently reading two different books right now because I, I can never just read one. Um, I'm reading one called Cues, which is how to give and receive cues for communication, a lot of body language, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's one called um, Words Can Change Your Brain. And again, which is about the words we use and the way we say it. And so, you know, books are a great way to grow those things. Um, podcasts, obviously. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Um, doing CE on those things that you love, getting a mentor. If there's somebody else that you know out there that's really strong in something, then go to them and say, hey, you're really great at this. Like, how can I be better? Like, this is something I'm passionate about, but you just really seem to have this down. Like, help me. Um, again, I think that's the beauty of getting to collaborate. So wrapping up, I want to say that knowing our strengths and building and growing them is so important because the world needs them. Our families, our friends, our team, and our patients need them. And this is honestly, you know, we've talked a whole lot about self-assessment and it is about us, but it's really not about us. It's about the people we can help, the contribution we get to make to the world that only we individually and uniquely can make. There's never been, and there never will be another you with the exact mix of passions, talents, and strengths. And that means no one else can do exactly what you do and help people in the exact same way. So if you don't step up, find your strengths and use them, who's going to help those people who are waiting for you? So that is it for today from Bulletproof Hygiene. We hope this has been inspiring and insightful and kind of stirred up some thoughts. I hope you'll sit down with some paper and pen later this week and kind of dig into these things and really start working on it. As always, please, if you haven't yet, come join us on our Mighty Network. Um, it's a free app. Just download Mighty Network, search Bulletproof Hygiene, and come join us. We've had a lot of new members lately. Welcome to all of you. Jump in, ask questions, share stories, share wins. Um, let's do this together. Everybody have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. 
Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.